You're listening to Triumph. This is a, a show about uh, the effects of uh, abortion, and it's a show about God's healing and support and grace uh, for those people who have had an abortion experience in their past. I'm Tim Welsh. I'm with Joe. Hi. My wife. Hi. It's not the first time we've seen each other today, is it? It's the first time I've looked at you today. Oh, my. <laughs> Thank you. No, I'm kidding. Oh, my I'm goodness. Kidding. I'm <laughs> Okay. I'm just trying to liven it, lighten it up here okay, a little bit. Okay, show's over. Anyway, so um, today, you know, this is really, um, you know, we've talked about all kinds of stuff. We've been yeah. doing this for a couple of years, and we've, we've been, we've talked about all kinds of stuff and the effects of abortion on the psychology of the woman uh, moving forward and all that kind of stuff. We talked about how how men are impacted differently, and we've talked about uh anger you know the last couple mm-hmm. shows we've done mm-hmm. have been on anger and grief and they've been grieving grieving and all that stuff you know but we haven't really talked about why all that why we don't talk about that you know we've talked about it but we don't talk about why we haven't talked about it right <laughs> yes. so sounds kind of weird but at the same time you know we it's it's society's dirty little secret it doesn't it it never you never hear i mean this is going to sound a little silly, but you hear people talking at, at social events about all kinds of physical stuff, all right. kinds of ailments, all kinds of augmentations, augmentations, deletions, you know, <laughs> right. all kinds of stuff. Too much information. Uh, yeah, usually. way too much information. And, and, you know, you hear people, you just kind of want to crawl under the rug, but, but I have yet to hear in all, and I'm not a social butterfly or anything, That's as true. you know. Um, but, um, I, I, I never, I've never heard somebody say, yeah, you know, Hey, today I had an abortion and and it was, it was just fantastic. I'm, I'm feeling great. I'm chipper. I, I'm I'm relieved and I'm here to party, you know, it's, it's not, you just never hear that. And it occurred to me that that's such a, and that, and that really translates into what, what we have talked about, about, about the post-abortion experience, about yes. about the experience of people after they've had an abortion experience. So, as as we sort of walk through this today, I I just I've got some ideas about why that why that happens. But but you know, you had a conversation with a woman the other evening that um, really brought this to the fore for me, in the sense that it it really underscored this notion that even the professionals who should know right who actually should know and and actually have the job of knowing and have the job of helping people get through these types of things refuse to talk about this yes yes so what about that yeah it's um it's kind of disheartening to hear that that um just the effects of abortion aren't aren't taught in a you know teaching medical setting. I mean, if they're psychiatrists, psychologists, counselors, you know the the effects of abortion are kind of they're denied. They're 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 not only denied; they're just not allowed to be brought to the forefront and. Um, you know the very people that are supposed to be helping people live their best life are are not doing what they're called to do 
and it's more of a political statement. It's more political than it is really helping people. And it's it's very sad because I mean we you know at Bethesda, I mean we we want more business, if you will. Um but it's more about people living their best life. Like being having joy in their life and, it, and yeah, and and the the thing that prompted me to want to talk about this today, Joe, is that is that you know you had a conversation with a woman the other night about um, she is strongly pro life. Mm-hmm. She has had an abortion experience in her past. Mm-hmm. She works in a counseling group, and she's she's um, constantly swimming upstream. Yeah. She's constantly fighting against the sort of popular culture that says it's it's no big deal. It doesn't happen. Right. Not only that's no big deal, it just doesn't happen. Right. And, you know, I I think uh, Teresa Burke uh, wrote a book. She's kind of the mother of, of knowledge when it comes to a post-abortion stress and post-abortion syndrome. And and she, you know, she makes the point in the very first, in the introduction to the book that says, you know, for the people that favor the abortion right— who are generally speaking on the left side of the political spectrum, not to paint anybody sort of with a broad brush, but that's generally true. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they can't, they cannot accept that there is any long-term psychological or, or emotional impacts to the abortion experience, because if they do that, it will say there's something wrong with this thing that they have always tried to sell on us that is the best thing since Jell-O pudding for women's rights. Correct. Right? Right. So then, but then the pro-life movement um, also maybe, I, I, I think both sides of this have have, have a stake in the game of, of politicizing this issue. Sure. I mean, I, I just think there's, it's become, it's, to your point, it's become so political, and the pro-life issue may exaggerate. There are those among the in the pro-life community that that actually, you know, exaggerate the numbers of sure. of, of uh, post-abortion stress and post-abortion syndrome. Um, I know some of them. You know, they do it for for um, uh, the effect that they want to um, have happen, but. And and that that's okay. It's a debating point, you know, and right. and 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 a lot of people do that, but. But I just wonder how we ever get out of that. You know, I mean, I, I just don't know. I don't know how we're ever going to get out of that. Yeah, I, I don't either. Especially when you have professionals that are denying it, not even denying it, but not even accepting or not acknowledging it. And, and you know, when we're on a call, when I'm doing a virtual um, session for Bethesda, and, you know, there are three women on the call when there have been how many abortions in the United States? I mean, it's been 50 years and there's three people that want to be healed. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, it feels a little, <laughs> feels a little mathematically impossible. Right. Uh, but it's all that. And then we've talked about this before. It's just all the 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 Planned Parenthood pro choice folks have sold this 
very well. Yeah. I mean, they have sold this and people have bought in like nothing else. Yeah. Um so how do you correct that when the people that want to have an abortion want to have an abortion? They don't want to they don't want to think about the the consequences how do we i don't know how we convince people that maybe their underlying maybe the root of their issues today are that abortion they had 34 years ago yeah and you know i i've met with when i was um i ran pdhc for about a decade and i ran ohio rights life for about a decade before that and i ran pd or bethesda for a while too and and, you know, what I always try to convince counselors, counseling groups to do is to put on their intake forms uh, just two simple questions, number of pregnancies and number of live births. Right. So that the, the person at the intake level write that down. That would not be, you know, that that would not be an, uh, an absurd thing to ask a woman. No, because you're asked that at your OBGYN appointment. Right, right. But the counselors don't do that at the counseling level. And so there's no real way for them to know uh, if there's something in the past. I mean, for me, I would want to know that as a counselor. And and by the way, I'm not a counselor, so I I guess I'm just just sort of flying blind here. But but I would want to know, is there something in their past that's bugging the heck out of them? Right. You know, and... And if they say, well, I've had four pregnancies and two live births, you know, maybe. And incidentally, the miscarriages may have an impact as well. I mean, right, so right. If I mean, that's, that's something to address right, as well, because right. that's a trauma. And I just kind of wonder, oh, oh, and, and, you know, uh, making a, an adoption plan for a child is, is a rather traumatic thing. I mean, Correct. all things, all things birth are kind of important right. to a woman, right? Yes, but the yeah. question is, you know, we we live in such an up, upside down world right now that we we are being told that what we see is not true. Yes. You know, we can yeah. we can see uh, just not to make this a political thing. I'll just it doesn't this not has nothing to do with right or left or anything else. But we'll we'll see a politician say something, and the next day he or she will say, "I didn't say that." Right. And and then you'll see another, you'll, you'll see the actual clip of them saying it. And they'll still say, "I didn't. Know, that's not what I. That's not what I said." <laughs> I mean, what the heck? I mean, how, how does that work? So, so there. So we know people who are struggling with that, with the aftermath of abortion. Yes. We know them. Yes. And we know them by name. Right. <laughs> right. Yes. Male, yes. female. We know dozens of them. Probably. Yes. I guess between the two of us, maybe even more. But we only know dozens of them. Well, that's another point that I think we should talk about after after we take a little a little bit of a break, I guess. But I I I've got some thoughts about about that too. But you know, the thing of it is is that both sides of the abortion sort of debate that has raged for like you say 50 years admit that it's happening. I mean, you can go to the Planned Parenthood website and they say this, you know, this is a real thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. They simply say that it's very rare. Uh-huh, they do. But they don't deny that it happens. Right. So I was wondering, and by the way, before I say this, I want to I make sure 
everybody in the listening audience understands that I really want kids to be in car seats. But I wonder how many children were affected by not having a car seat before they passed the laws that you had to have a car seat. As a percentage of the whole, was it 1%? Was it 10%? What was it? You know, and we immediately thought that was a good idea to pass a law for car seats. Right. And we should have. It, everybody should do that. But, you know, you have this other thing, which is the, the political third rail that you're not allowed to touch that women and men are actually suffering through. And we just say, oh, no, that's just, it's not real. We, we get patted on the head and said, you know, go right. ahead and go back right. to your room. Right. right. Yeah. And not to even um, acknowledge that there's some connection between past, you know, issues that you're having and maybe that post-abortion stress. I mean, just to deny that, uh, you're, it doesn't sound like you're being, if you're a counselor or someone that's supposed to be helping someone with their mental health, it doesn't sound like you're really doing your job. <laughs> yeah. If you're not open to all the possibilities. I mean, you maybe you're only open to the possibilities that you politica, politically align with. Yeah, well, let's talk about that uh, in just a minute. You're listening to Triumph on St. Gabriel Radio. Uh, this is a, a show from Tim and Joanne Welsh, and we're we're talking about God's mercy and God's uh, God's forgiveness for an abortion experience in one's past. And uh, today, we're just kind of diving into why in the world this can't be more of a well-known uh, issue and and the effect on women and men can't be sort of at the forefront. I yeah. I will say before you you're you're about you're you're sitting on the edge of your seat like ready to pounce on me. So let me just get one thing in there before <laughs> you do that. And that is, there's some really good people uh, waiting to hear from you. If you have an abortion experience in the past, uh, give Bethesda a call at six one four three zero nine zero one five seven. That's six one four three zero nine zero one five seven, and um, there's some real caring people that are just waiting to talk to you, and they they love you, and and they will talk to you in a very non-judgmental way, but they will give you some peace. I promise. Yes, yes, and um, so now you go personal. There's a there's <laughs> an in-person meeting at Bethesda yeah. twice a month, and then I do a virtual session twice a month. So if you're a little anxious about perhaps walking into a room and maybe seeing somebody that you know and you don't want to experience that and it's scary, I get that. I was there. I I totally understand. So give us a call and um we can we can help walk you through all of that. You know, isn't that funny that that uh, you know, I think the listening audience I may have mentioned I hope I have this is not a I I'm sure I mentioned I'm a recovering alcoholic, right? So the first AA meeting I ever walked into, I was scared to death that I would see somebody that I knew, you know, when in fact <laughs> the people in the room were probably scared to death that they would see me, you know. Yeah, or somebody <laughs> Or they somebody did. that they knew. And they were there for the exact same reason and went through all the same anxieties that I had gone through the first time they walked into those rooms. Yeah. And the same thing is true with with the abortion recovery stuff. Yes. I mean, these the people that are that are sitting in the room with you are there for the same reason you are there. And they are there because they care about their own psyche and they care about their life. And, you know, our experience, um, not to dwell too 
far into this because I've got a couple other things I, I want to talk about. But um, our experience has been, and I say this to you all the time, that that once you, when was your first session uh, abortion March recovery? of 2011. 2011, and you would have been like 14 years old then. Is that about right? <laughs> Oh. Funny. No, 19. Days. 19 years. Okay, so you're 30, <laughs> and I'm 67. That's really weird. I thought time flies. Anyway, so um, they uh, uh, when you first walked in there, um, the, it, is, it is an absolute truth that people um, will drive into the parking lot and sit there and wait in the parking lot and not come in the first couple of times. This is true. And I think if I didn't drive you... you I was just going to say, you drove me there and I had no choice. I had to get well, out of the car well, and not, go in. It's not like I kicked you out of the no, car. No, I know, not I know. Quite. But it's scary to the point. It I did slow scary. down. Yeah, you did. Um, back to what I was going to say when I was on the edge of my seat. Okay. Um, it, just... If anyone is feeling kind of stressed out, especially now, there's a case before the Supreme Court, December 1st, I believe, uh, Dobbs versus the um, Mississippi, I don't, Jackson, Mississippi. Dobbs versus somebody. Dobbs versus somebody. And there's a lot of talk about it in the media and if that is making you anxious, please give us a call. We get that. It's it it. There's just a lot of of rhetoric right now about it, and um, I think it's. Um, I think it, you're going to hear more about it. So I just wanted to throw that out. That you know, if you're 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 anxious about that, we've got the holidays coming up. If there's, you know, if you're feeling stressed out. Um, about being with the family on a whole new level. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I just, I, I think we, I don't think we often say that, um, you know, we talk in more broad general terms, but, you know, I think it's important for people to recognize that there are times, stressful times. Christmas is a stressful time, most for most people, anxious and um and if you have an abortion experience in your past it may be it may be very um heightened so i just want to throw that out there that's all and one other shameless plug um <laughs> is um that we you know you you have having gone through your uh uh the abortion recovery program and a number of different programs correct um including bethesda Yes. Uh, and also including uh, Rachel's Vineyard. Vineyard. Mm-hmm. And a weekend at Rachel's Vineyard, which is a very tough thing. It's a very intense thing. Yes. Um, you know, there is joy to be had out there. Yes. There, there, people can regain their joy, and you certainly have. I mean, you're just the, you're just, you're the woman I fell in love with way back when, you know, when you're 14 or so. Um, and... And um, you can just tell it. I mean, you just, you just you just see it. You've grown so much. So, so that that is a, available for people. And and you, but you do have to pick up the phone. And I know the phone weighs about seven hundred pounds the first time right. you call it. Yes. But you kind of got to do that. And you kind of hope nobody answers. Yeah, you do. <laughs> That's a sign. I guess I don't need healing now. And if the, if nobody <laughs> does answer, you think, oh yeah, well I'm good. 
right, right. Check, exactly check that off exactly the, check that off the list i just say i had to go grocery shop you know call about my abortion and then i'll you know mop the floor and check 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 right exactly so um the reason why this is such a, a kind of a nebulous thing is and the reason why you know planned parenthood says it's just very rare that people have and then they 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 let me just if i can call it up here i'll just try to read it here because it's very telling it 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 says um you know the question is on their on their website you know how will i feel after having an abortion and they say most people will feel re- relieved and all this other stuff but um they also say, you know, it's totally normal to have a lot of emotions after your abortion. Everybody's experience is different. There's no right or wrong way to feel. Most people feel relieved and don't regret it, don't regret their decision. Others may feel sadness, guilt, or regret after an abortion. So right there, they're just admitting that this, ha- this happens. Right. In the next paragraph... It starts off by, it's rare to have serious long-term effects on your mental health after an abortion, but everybody's different, and certainly things can, can make coping with an abortion hard. They are, they're saying, this is real. This mm-hmm. happens. Right. The only question is, how frequently does it happen? Oh, that's right. That's the yeah. only yeah. question that's the that only, remains. That's the only question. And. And one would think that if it is even 1% of the how many 50 million abortions or whatever has been done in the United States since Roe versus Wade, one would think that, you know, 1% or 10% or 3%, whatever it happens to be, that's a whole bunch of walking wounded walking around right. needing some help. That's a real percent. Whatever it's a it is. real percent. It's a real big number of people, too. Mm-hmm. And. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't just include the, I mean, that just includes the women. It doesn't even take into account the men. So the reason for that is, you know, and and I I don't know of any reliable, I don't know anybody that has reliably pinned down that statistic. No, I don't think so. And the reason for that is, is because nobody's coming forward and saying, you know, you have to you have to talk with somebody who has had an abortion to be able to ask them if they have any trouble since their abortion, right? Right. So if nobody's coming forward because they've had an abortion, you can't get to that person. You can't get, you the, can't statistics. get the statistic. Yeah. It's impossible. Yeah. You can go out to the you know centers of disease control and, and all kinds of outlets that, and get all kinds of really granular detail of, of – uh, of various maladies and statistics and all that kind of stuff. But you can't do it with abortion. They try, but you just can't. Yeah. Yeah. Because nobody wants to step forward and, you know, raise their hand. You know, you don't walk into a college classroom and say, okay, how many of you women have had an abortion? You raise your hand. You you can't do that. And and that won't work. Right. Well, and it just goes back to um, the point that I made earlier that, they have done an excellent job in their marketing of this service. You know, they have yeah. they've covered it, even though in on their own their website it has that information about it is rare, but it exists. But that's like in the bowels of their oh, website. It's, it's absolutely. Buried. I mean, y- you you found it, but it <laughs> it was not like it's not on the homepage. I'll just no. tell you that. No, but you it is there. Um, they don't talk about that because that's their business. 
Right. That's exactly true. And and there's not a lot of business uh, to be had with tending. And by the way, further down on that paragraph, there is is a uh, uh, a couple of, a link, couple of links to hotline. They actually have hotlines that you can call. Planned Parenthood has hotlines that you can call if you are troubled by your abortion experience. It, it I'm but it's rare. very speechless. <laughs> I just you know they say, oh no, it's not a big deal and everything else. But they they actually operate a hotline. There's two of them. <laughs> There's two yeah. separate hotlines there. Yeah, and. Uh, you know, more I, people should be outraged. I can only assume, but we're silenced. That, I can only assume that they're saying, "Oh, yeah, it's just you. You know, you're just you're nut, you're nutty anyway. It, it, it's not, it's not the abortion experience. It's you. You know, right, they're, right. It's something say, else. Oh, everybody has a different experience, and you just might be give it a little time. Mm-hmm. You know, that's I, I can right. imagine them saying that. Right, right. And as you know, a little time is. It, 34 years. 34 years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's how long yeah. it took Joe to kind of reach out and get, get some, uh, get on some a, help. On a, on a upbeat note, um, the, the session where we worked on the other night with, with my group, uh, we had to make a joy list. Yeah. So we've worked through the book, and we're now to the joy list. What gives you joy? I mean, we can now name things that make us that give us joy. Yeah. I have like fifty five things on my list. I just wow. want you to know. Um, and they they have, you know, twenty thirty. But as we talked through it, it was just a good exercise of thinking of all the little things that bring you joy. Yeah. I mean, my number one isn't clean sheets on my bed, but it should be because that like brings me joy. As du- weird as that is, folks. Duly noted. <laughs> I'll be I'll be home in a little bit. Um, but re- you know, it's those simple things that you can finally say. Yeah, and and I think uh, this is something for a, a different story, a different uh, program, but. You kind of get, having admitted what what hurts you now. You can admit what brings you joy. Correct. You kind of have to know what makes you happy to to know what makes you sad. Right. Right. Essentially. And vice versa. Vice versa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You've been listening to Triumph on uh, Saint Gabriel Radio. Uh, this is a uh, show about um, God's mercy and joy and and grace uh, of healing after an abortion experience. This is Tim Welsh and Joanne Welsh. We'll see you next time. Thank you. So